Welcome back to our show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Twanda. And this is Rumel. Hey, Rumel. Hey, girl. Hey, how you doing? I'm feeling great. Listen, Rumel, I invited some people to my patio last night. Uh-huh. Just to hang out and talk and enjoy ourselves. And I had a blast. Like, I'm enjoying the summertime and being able mm-hmm. to do that outside. Mm-hmm. We have a hammock in our backyard. And, like, Daniel always likes to get in it and hang out, especially at night, looking at the stars. And so mm-hmm. we had this conversation about who gets the house when we die. <laughs> Oh, okay. Was that the kids leading this conversation? Like, Right. It's like, this is a nice place. We kind of like it out here. So what happens with the house, you know, when y'all go? And it's like, we ain't going to go nowhere. Okay, that's a lie. Like, because we're not going to live forever. Right. And then it was like, well, y'all will all have it or something. And then I realized I'm not exactly sure. I think you all split it up. Whatever. Who wants to talk about death? Let's have another margarita, you know, or something like that. And so <laughs> it is a good question to ask these days. You know, the the kids aren't all that serious because they probably don't want to live in Raleigh, North Carolina when they grow up. And they probably won't want to live in the neighborhood as much as they enjoy our patio. But the point is what happens with our stuff when we're gone and I don't know the answer to that that well yeah you know um well when we're younger you don't think about it like at all you try not to think about the whole aspect of death and what happens to your stuff but as we get older we see people passing away around us people who are our own age people parents yeah we've we've seen some unexpected deaths and um, among friend groups the recently mm-hmm. and there's the pandemic so it's just more thought about what happens when you pass and how do you mm-hmm. pre- prepare for it I like to be a prepared well-planned person right. but I don't really understand everything yeah I don't I don't either and I think that recently I have a friend who childhood friend we I am fortunate because I have two best friends I have you and I have my girlfriend that I have had since middle school. Yeah, she got more best friends. It ain't no, even just not. us, but it's okay. I let her get away with saying <laughs> that. But go ahead. So me and your other best friend. Yes. Mm-hmm. You Okay. So, but I've known her since middle school, known her family since middle school. And her mother recently passed away. She passed away this year. One of the problems is, is that her mother passed away without a will. It was problematic because she didn't have her last wishes she had to go through a lot of extra steps to try to get her estate closed and um, she's still in the process and when I talked to her about doing this episode she basically was like please people need to know they need to understand what it means when you don't have a will what it means for their family. What would we give to have an expert on the call who could help us answer some questions? Ramel, can you help me out? Okay, so we are so fortunate because I have my daddy here today. 
my dad's name is Clifton Stansel, and he is a licensed um, North Carolina attorney. He is also licensed in federal court and tax court. He has an extensive corporate finance background of more than 30 years, as well as being a practicing CPA for the last 10 years. After retiring from corporate America, my dad went on to open his own CPA firm. And at the, the same time, he earned his law degree from North Carolina Central University. He co-founded a law firm here in North Carolina and went on to be a successful defense attorney. He found his calling in helping clients who need estate planning services. I'm so excited because he's here to help us understand this. Yes. So using his extensive financial background in asset planning, he consults with clients and he prepares their wills and trusts for them to make sure that their final wishes can be carried out. We got the right person in the room. That is my dad. And I want you to know, like, that is just a sliver of all the stuff he brings to the table. He is, a, <laughs> he is got so much experience. You can't put it in a 30 second um, bio. I am so glad and happy to have him back because actually dad came to the show with my mom That's for right. the No Regrets episode, That's which right. did really great. So we are happy to have him back. So he gives relationship advice and um, estate planning advice. I mean, I mean what does he? He, he just does a every combination right? to come by. He just covers it all. <laughs> yeah. Hot yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome, attorney dad. How do I do this? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Tawanda. Nice to have you back on the show. And yeah, good. To, good to see you. Good to talk to you. Yeah, we have questions because. I know, Ramel. I want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start. Like, okay. What okay. happens if I die without a will? I guess here in North Carolina, because it's different other places, right? It could be different in other places, mm -hmm. and it depends. It, it is uh, governed state, and uh, what you'll find is that each state has uh, its own statutory uh, rules. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't have uh, a will. There are a couple of things uh, going on. Uh, one is on the legal side. The other is sort of on the family side. Many of us wouldn't want our family trying to figure out what it was that we wanted uh, while we were alive. Now that we're gone, if there's no record and each uh, sibling will have a slightly different take on what mom and dad really wanted, what they really meant when they said you know, I'm going to give this to my favorite child <laughs> or whatever. And so that you have the family side. Now, from the legal side, if you have a will, you can disperse your property, uh, distribute the, your assets in any way you want. You can give things to your neighbor that your kids thought they were going to get. No problem. You, you can do whatever you want. Ramel, you in trouble, girl. Like, well, don't do that, daddy. <laughs> you yeah. in trouble, girl. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, but uh, if you don't have the will, then uh, you go to the statutory format or, or rules. And what you can have then is you can have unintended consequences because the statutory rules are set up for traditional um, methods uh, from years past. It also assumes no issues uh, in your family. It assumes no uh, unique thinking uh, on, on your part. Uh, it will leave, first of all, everything goes to the spouse uh, and the children. 
on in North Carolina. First of all, what's wrong with that? There. That sounds good. There's there's nothing wrong with that. That's good point, and uh, that will work for some people sometimes. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's very specific. Uh, if you have one child and your spouse, then uh, the you get half of the real estate. You also get half of the personal property. And when I say personal property, just think of it as cash, bank accounts. Now, it includes a lot of other stuff, but just think of it that way for simplicity. And uh, the spouse gets the first uh, $60,000. And then you, again, divide what's left with uh, the child. That's if there's one child. If there are two children, uh, two or more children, then it's one third to the spouse and the other two thirds, the children uh, divide right. as far as real estate is concerned for personal property, uh, the same thing uh, with the spouse getting the first 60,000 and children dividing the remainder. Now, what I'm really getting around to though, is that sounds not uh, so bad if you happen to be in that circumstance. Uh, you can have unintended consequences. Uh, for example, if there, uh, if there's no spouse and and no children, uh, parents are the next in line in North Carolina, and parents will take everything. I'm sorry, what? And now, wait parents. a minute, parent. I guess if parents. you don't. What about if you have a cat? No, I guess you don't. Get to the cat. <laughs> okay, so parent. I just have to think this you, through. You'll you'll need a will if you want to include <laughs> your cat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the state doesn't but, consider pet. so parent yeah, i guess it makes now, sense if if uh, if you die you don't have a spouse or children and your parents are still alive they yeah, get stuff okay they, they can take everything now even that doesn't sound so so terrible but uh in many cases uh your parents will be older of course and uh, the what can happen is it can make them ineligible for right. Medicare. That's true. Uh, excuse me, Medicaid mm -hmm. uh, or SSI benefits, governmental benefits, because right. uh, there there are rules that say you can only have for those two that I mentioned. The rules that say you can only have up to two thousand dollars in assets in order to uh, to receive those benefits, and all of a sudden they will have. Uh, uh, large amounts of, of money and uh, valuable assets, and it can knock them right out of their governmental uh, benefits. Right. And that's not so bad, except that's probably not what you had intended for your your right. assets while you were living. That's an example of what can happen. And uh, that is also an idea of how the uh, statutory rules work. Let's Let's just quickly talk in a very quick overview, like, can you just give us an idea? What does it mean to have an estate plan? What does that look like uh, at a high level? Okay. It's thinking about your assets, what you have, and what you want to have happen with those. An estate plan uh, involves things that are uh, the tools of the attorney, like wills, uh, powers of attorney, trusts, funds, uh, those can be very important, but they include other things. If you're looking at your estate plan, you want to also look at insurance. Uh, you want to look at assets held jointly. Uh, you want to look at a number of other things in terms of what your uh, total uh, wealth or assets are. 
And uh, then you want to put together a plan that makes sure that they go where you want them to go. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where a will can be very helpful. Usually a will is, is helpful. Trust can be a very strategic way of making sure that assets are used to achieve some goal that you might have in mind. Okay. And a will will not do that. Also, a, uh, a trust exists once you make the trust uh, and once you fund the trust, that is, you put assets into the trust. Mm -hmm. uh, the trust exists then whether you, uh, while you're alive. As a matter of fact, in most cases, uh, the first uh, trustee, that's the person who controls the trust. The first trustee is the same person, the same as the trust store, the person who is making the trust. It continues to exist if you put an appointed trustee uh, after you uh, pass. The trust continues, so it sort of has its life of its own, and it continues after you pass. It can continue to achieve goals that are important to you, even after you're gone. So before you pass and after you pass, and you can determine how you want to set it up and when you want to disperse the assets from the trust. Okay. And that would be a part of some people's plans. Now, okay. some people don't have uh, goals that, that go that far. They just want to distribute their assets and they're done. They would only need a, a will to do that. Okay. So if I understand it correctly, a will comes into play after someone's death. A trust can come into play prior to their death and also play out their life and beyond and beyond yes okay all right and i did and i didn't mention the power of attorney everybody knows what a power of attorney is but it can be an important part you don't want to actually omit the power of attorney because the power of attorney is the one document if you don't have a trust especially it's the one document uh that will be helpful to you before you die, <laughs> if you're incapacitated, then you have uh, a way of dealing with uh, your responsibility while you're alive. Okay. Uh, and you can identify the person that you trust to do that. So that's that has its place as well. And it also, that ends on your death. So that's when the, the will kicks in. Okay. So that's all okay. part of a successful um, estate plan. Yeah, those would be elements of uh, of an estate plan, yes. Okay. All right, Twanda. <laughs> now, how soon do I need a power of attorney? Like, when do I need to set that in place? I'm going to say now. <laughs> but, today, okay, not uh, okay. yesterday, but, not but, tomorrow. I, I'm going to explain that, but I'll, 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 I'll be brief. I'll try to be brief. Okay. Um, the, you can have a power of attorney for uh, a few reasons. One is just convenience. I mean, you're traveling and you want say your husband to be able to sign documents for you. Okay, convenience. Okay. Mm -hmm. In a case like that, you might just want to have the power of attorney for each other and you trust each other. And so there's no problem with that. The uh, other way that uh, power of attorney kicks in is if you're incapacitated, uh, you're in a coma and you, things need to be done. You have a house that's for sale and you need to have a way of allowing that to happen, even though you're not available to take care of the uh, administrative aspects of it, power of attorney can kick in there. Now, a power of attorney can be immediate, like the one that I mentioned uh, for between spouses. That's based on trust. But uh, you can also have a springing power of attorney, which only comes into play 
when you're incapacitated. It requires a, do a doctor to say you're no longer able to make uh, either the decisions or physically uh, take care of those matters for yourself. At that point, uh, it becomes effective. And I think that uh, having at least one of those variations on the power of attorney would be important because we just don't know when we're going to need one. Yeah. He said, I need one now. I, I need think, to get on top yeah. of this. So can I like go somewhere online and do papers up myself? Because I'm kind of smart. You know, I have yeah, been to are. absolutely zero days of law school, but, <laughs> but... You know, I'm smart. So can I go on Google and figure out how to set up power attorney by myself? Or do I really need an attorney? The simple answer to the question is yes. Okay. So yeah. you, you would reckon I don't have to go get some expensive attorney to do this. I could probably do power of attorney myself. What about a will? There's, can I do that? Uh, I'll, I'll give you one more thought on that is that there's actually a statutory power of attorney standard form. Okay. You could literally go uh, download that and use that one. And you would know because it's uh, based on the statute that you you have the basis covered. Okay. Okay. I got it. I still have more questions, but I'm trying oh. to, to make sure that I don't take us down a rabbit hole because that's where my brain is going. I'm <laughs> like, with blended families, I've seen it so that there are kids from the original marriage and then the father gets married again to someone else, and then he dies. Well, he's got all this land, but does it just go to his wife? I guess the same rules apply in a blended marriage. The children are still the children. Well, uh, yes, but you do have to be careful. The Unless the children are adopted, you can still have children who don't want to met Once one of the spouses passes, mm -hmm. Let's say if it's a husband who passes, mm -hmm. the, the husband's children won't automatically take under the wife's uh, uh, will. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, unless they, they're either called out by name oh. or adopted. And so you just have to be careful uh, that you, you know, get what uh, achieve what you're trying to achieve. It's, it seems as though like in a situation like that, that's when you definitely need to have an attorney who can actually balance those situations out for a will. Uh, I would, I would say so. I would, I would say that um, in, in any cases that are uh, in any way complicated, I would, I would say an attorney is needed. The other thing to remember is that the attorney's uh, services to you uh, include preparation of the document, which you can, uh, you can get a document uh, online and you mm -hmm. can, you know, you can end up with a document in your hand either way. Uh, they include that, but that's not really the value of the attorney. The value of the attorney is to uh, help you think through the intent that you have for your assets mm -hmm. and then to make sure that they, that you actually get those assets distributed in the way that you want them distributed. Having a physical document is not really the end game. Okay, because I've seen television shows and stuff, and I've heard about in real life people doing this as well. If I take out my notebook and a pen and I say I want my crystal gets my, my, my china and David Jr. gets my cars and, and I put it in my dresser, 
and I die, can they pick it up out of the dresser and say, well, mom said this goes here and this goes there because I wrote it down and I signed it. You know, does that, does um, that count as a will? Is that recognized? Yeah, that, that, that could be a valid will. And you don't even need to sign it uh, as long as you write it in your own handwriting. Mm -hmm. It needs to have language that says that you intend for this to be your will. And then uh, whatever you write, courts will try to interpret. When I say try, uh, there are a lot of cases where it's difficult because, you know, people are not attorneys and mm -mm. they just start saying, well, I want Susie to have this, you know, Susie and then who? was that, uh, then it raises questions whether or not that was the will and maybe she paid for it. <laughs> right. yeah. uh, so there are questions that arise, but you can have a valid will that you write. It's important that it all be written. You can't combine written and typed language in the same will, but then it should be kept in a place where you keep your valuables. Right. And even that gets contested in court. You know, oh, yeah, it was in your, the dresser drawer. Well, is that where you keep your valuables? Uh, it was mm. in a safety deposit box. Well, that's probably a little closer, I but see. then someone has to know, A, that you have a safety deposit box, yeah, yep. yes. where the key is, or, you yes. know, a, a lot of, a lot of, all, all these things raise issues. So uh, in some cases, uh, it's just a last resort. I, I usually advise people, though, uh, that, you know, you, that is an option that you have. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you could uh, do something temporary if you were sort of uh, desperate and uh, you don't have the two or three weeks that it takes to wait for your will to be done. You could uh, you could uh, do something very basic, but I certainly wouldn't try for any complexity with a, with a written will. Now, Daddy, didn't you tell me that you can, at least in Durham County, you can actually take your will to the courthouse? To have it like recorded um, or something? Yeah, that's that's a standard procedure just for me. It's not. It's oh, not I know. Required. I know it's, a, it's not required by law. I know it's not required, but, it's, but like it's 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 a standard pr procedure that I use because well, first of all, let me explain. Yes, the uh, the court does have storage of wills, believe it or not, um, and. Uh, the the reason that I always insist that I not be the person who keeps your will is because you don't know what's going to happen to me, when it's going to happen, or what the nature of the happening will be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be a tornado, it could be a, 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 the fire, it could be all kinds of things. Um, and uh, so you don't really need to rely on me to have a copy of your will. The important thing, though, is that the court only accepts an original will. It does not accept a copy. So you've got this one will and you got one shot at making sure that it's available to the court. Now there are uh, ways of uh, getting a copy probated, but uh, nobody wants to go through that. So by putting the will on storage, the original will, 
No, and letting people know that that's what you've done. It's always important that somebody know where your will is. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, if you do that, then the will is already in the court system. Now you can go get a copy of it uh, if you happen to be the executor in the will. Gotcha. Uh, there's a receipt, but um, as the executor, you're called out in the will, and a, a death certificate will allow you to get access to the will. Is that enough? I sort of yeah. rambled around on no, that. No, that, that was, enough? it just makes okay. me realize there's a lot of moving parts. I don't want to know all of this. Like, I mean, I want to, <laughs> I want to know the information, but I don't want to create this for myself. I want somebody to walk me through it. Here's what you need to do. Make sure you've thought about all of these things. Mm -hmm. Make sure you record it or file it with the court and tell your family members where they can find it. I guess I can update it because things change. You know, mm -hmm. I might want somebody to have it and then I decide I'm mad at Ramel so she doesn't get my house anymore. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, can I just jump in? Because I heard a question in there. <laughs> the, uh, the, is, is how do I change my will? Right. That's the question I heard. Mm -hmm. uh, but, and it's an important question. I'm glad that you said something that, that triggered it. The official way to change a will is through a codicil. Okay, a codicil is, makes changes to the will, minor changes mm -hmm. to the will, but it leaves the, your will, the base will, in intact. So it doesn't change your will, uh, but maybe it just change changes who you want to be the executor, mm -hmm. or who you choose to be guardian of your children, or maybe it changes what goes to one uh, beneficiary in the will. Okay. And it replaces the language, but it's uh, it doesn't change the will. The will stays in contact. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and you uh, basically make sure the codicil is attached to the will. Okay. And that's the that, that's the way of uh, changing the will. Now the other way is to uh, revoke the will and write a new will. Usually, the uh, way to revoke a will is to write uh, to to yes pr prepare a new will. And the new will will say that it revokes prior prior wills. Oh, and, so uh, that's complicated. See, I need an attorney. I just, I'm not, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I don't want to know all of this. I don't want to Google all of this. Okay. You've just told me enough to know. I need an attorney so I can figure this stuff out. And if I need to make changes, I need to ask the attorney to remind a cop. Codicil? I was like, is that a person or is that an amendment? Like, I had to listen for a long time to figure out is that a person or a piece of paper? So, well, some some people have uh, attorneys in their families, so you, who knows if you think about it? <laughs> yes, I might know yes. a few people like Look that. Look around, think I, about it. I might know a few people. A distant cousin, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, tell me, Dan, like if. Yes. So Tawanda like does not want to do this. So if, not on my own. I need help. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I no, I know what she. I'm sorry. Yes, it's not that you don't want to have a will. You don't. Thank want you, to Ramel. Do don't all misrepresent the work. me. Okay. Yes. Yes. I got you. I got you. <laughs> but so if Tawanda or say somebody else hasn't, mm -hmm. um, who hasn't started this process is overwhelmed by it, what mm -hmm. would you say the very first step would be to them? doing this like if if you have a client come in maybe what are the kind of things that you would want from them is that is that two different questions i'm not sure <laughs> um they're um, maybe they're blended or related but um 
the first thing is knowing what it is that you want to accomplish. Okay. And so uh, I usually try to just um, kind of sort through, not necessarily, especially on the uh, first time I talk to a potential client, not necessarily tying down to any detail, but just getting an idea of what the, their uh, what they're after. Do they do they have a disabled child that they want to make provisions for? That's totally different discussion from I just want a will so that my two kids don't fight over the property. Now I want them to get everything. You know, I mean that's that's those are two ends of the spectrum. Right. In terms of the uh, complexity or direction of the uh, discussion and, and the thought process for them. Mm-hmm. And then we try to kind of sort through. Once I understand what they want to have happen, then I usually will offer up a few alternatives in terms of how they might accomplish it and get a feeling for their comfort level and start to narrow it down. Then when they feel comfortable, we usually talk two or three times. Lately, in the last couple of years, it's all by phone, <laughs> but but uh, we usually talk a few times before we decide exactly what it is that we're going to do. And then once they decide what it is they want to do, then in order to put the document together, then I start needing details, you know, okay. names of children, where they live, and what uh, kind of assets and things like that. Oh, uh, yeah, right. So I have an interesting question. Do families actually fight over their loved one's stuff? Is that a big problem in families? Uh, The simple answer is yes. People just have different interpretations of, you know, what mom and dad said or wanted, or if you didn't mention it to me, then they didn't want it, you know, that sort of thing. And then uh, the uh, fights, uh, when I say fights, uh, it can take many uh, different forms in terms of just being uh, rude and and nasty to each other uh, on a social level to uh, court cases. Wow. And uh, if you think that um, one of your siblings has has used uh, undue influence over uh, oh, yeah. your parents in their last years because maybe their um, mental capacity was fading somewhat, and you really believe that, uh, you know, that becomes the basis of a lawsuit. And so uh, you do, you, I mean, those things uh, do happen. And I've had people come to me. Um, sometimes when you sort through them, mm-hmm. they really don't understand that they don't really have a case because they place a lot of... Um, weight on uh, how they feel in some of those family relationships. Uh, And, you know, well, I know that mom wanted blah, blah, blah. Well, what does it say in the document? What is written? And then then once you saw it through it, uh, many cases, it's not a lawsuit at all. It's uh, more of a clarification sort of a situation. That sounds messy. But the answer to your question is our families, yeah, they the fight. <laughs> that, that won't, as a matter of fact, I think they might fight harder <laughs> in some cases, wow. uh, you know, because it's more personal, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's an emotional time when yep. you're going through division of right. the it's property. Right, it's highly emotional. Yeah. It's highly emotional. So, yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask you this too. Um, 
So you have a will. Because I'm asking you this, maybe mm-hmm. not just so much as an attorney, but you have also had to um, personally settle some estates yourself, right? right? I, yeah. So if um, what kinds of documents have you, would you find helpful as someone who is going to have to settle an estate for the, for me, like if we were to settle my estate, what would be helpful for you to do that? Like, so I would need a will and then are there other well, things? The, yeah, as the executor of uh, an estate, uh, if you call it out as the executor in a will, uh, first of all, you're gonna need the will. Mm-hmm. You're gonna need the original will in the end, but it would be nice if you had at least a copy so you know what you're looking for. Right. Then you're going to have to inventory the assets of um, the testator. The person so who died. inventory. Oh, hey. Yeah, you, that's you the said person big who words. made the who made the will. Okay. Uh, the, the person who passed. Yeah, yes. no, that's, the person. <laughs> that's all the all the same people. Okay. Uh, decedent. Uh, throw out another one. Dead person. Um, Boom. Yeah, dead person. That that's it. The uh, you're going to need to to inventory assets, and so you're going to need to know uh, where uh, funds are, like bank accounts. Do you have uh, any uh, stocks and bonds? Do you have any um, documents that will say who should be in charge of decisions for, say, a disabled child? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and there are legal documents that the way that happens on a legal basis, even if you're the parent, you still have to go through a process in court to gain guardianship. Right. Uh, once the person reaches uh, an age 22, uh, I think it's 22, but in that range of age. Um, and so those kinds of documents, you you want to you need to know where they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, insurance policies, definitely. Uh, what about um, your uh, work-related uh, 401k information? Mm-hmm. Uh, IRAs. Um, investment accounts, those types of things. Uh, what about uh, the um, property? How's the you know how's the house titled? You'll, okay. you'll oh, offshore to... Swiss accounts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, Cayman <laughs> Island accounts. Uh, yeah, that's what I was meaning. Yes. Yeah, that's what. I... <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And the codes okay. that allow you to to get to those. Trillions of dollars, yes. <laughs> oh, of course, That's of course. Right. The codes got it. Let me write that yeah. down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's perfect, Dad. Because I think the kind of the thing that we're dealing with, like I said before, is that there are people who are our peers who are passing away. So we yeah. have yeah. friends um, and family who are going through this, and we don't want them to go through it and not be prepared and not have the tools that will right. allow them to manage this hard part. Most of the uh, people that I deal with, they don't come to me with a list of uh, bank accounts and uh, stocks and bonds and okay. uh, copies of, uh, of deeds and stuff. So they don't, most people don't do that. And, mm-hmm. But it, it's what should be done. Because we're talking about death. Nobody yes. wants to talk about death. So, like, 
if I want my parents to do to um, create a will, yes, can can I, can I force them to create a will? Like, hey, you're gonna leave me here fighting with my siblings if y'all don't create this will. You know, yeah. I'm, create the yeah. like, some people don't want to talk about it, or maybe I'm the one who doesn't want to think about it. You know, how how is there some magic potion or something that make I people? be responsible i don't have i don't have magic um but i will talk about it for just a minute i'll try to not uh, uh, get off point here uh when you need a will is just before you die Mm -hmm. and uh if you knew exactly when you were going to die you uh you could really kind of wait until a couple of weeks before i'd say give give a chance everything to get uh, recorded and everything you know the problem that we all have is none of us know when that's going to happen and uh lo and behold it it, is usually unexpected usually the best you can do is to take care of it ahead of time while the point is not you know having the will the point is and you mentioned it you touched on it is that uh, you don't want a. You don't want to have to worry about it, and b. You don't want other people trying to figure out what it was that you wanted. If you want to save your loved ones from having to go through that, that's why you would have a will, or possibly a trust, or possibly both. Uh, that would be the reason that uh, you would want to do it. Because I mean, I don't really know the answer to what we care about after we die, but I'm kind of suspecting it won't be at the top of our list of things to worry about once we're gone. So you have to, you when you care about it is now. Okay. So that's when we have to do something about it is now. Um, is that enough? Yeah. That is great. I think okay. we can end on that right there. I agree. I agree. Dad, thank you so much. I've been wanting to do this for a while and I know it's not a fun subject, but I think it's needed. It's important. And so I'm hoping that somebody will make their make a decision to actually take care of some of this stuff before they find out it's too late. So right. yay. So okay, thanks. maybe we can maybe we can do it again. There's lots of stuff we didn't talk about. Ooh. Really? There's lots Ooh. of stuff we didn't talk about. I'm yeah. overwhelmed. <laughs> he said yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. There's tons of stuff. Oh okay. my god. Yeah. I remain I remain available. Thank you. Awesome. Thank it, you. I, I enjoyed it. Take care, guys. Thanks, Dan. Hey, so to our listeners, we hope you that you gain some value in um in this episode. It's near and dear to my heart. I know that there are people who have living examples of yeah. people who have passed on and did not have any kind of will or trust and the kind of heartache that it creates behind that. So we hope that you will change your mind if you don't have one already. All right. And so until next time, peace and blessings. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Girl Podcast. That's girl with three R's. And if you want to participate in our segment, Ask Your Girlfriends, email us at girlpodcast at gmail.com. That's girl with three R's. (laughs) So until next time, peace Peace and and blessings. blessings.